Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. I'm Ben. This is Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. You know, we've been doing a lot of interviews recently, guys. Yeah, we have. I'm enjoying the spate. I guess we wonder how you guys feel about it. The spate of interviews? The interview spate? Mm -hmm. I gotta say, I've been been enjoying it too. Um, Especially when we get to learn new things and uh, talk to interesting uh, individuals. Right, yeah. So in previous episodes, we spoke with uh, the author Brian Tui about sports conspiracies. Today, we are interviewing a fellow named Matt Johnson, who is the director, writer, and star of a film coming out today, as if you're listening to this the day it comes out, uh, today, September 16th, as we record this episode. Yes, it's called Operation Avalanche, and it's it's very difficult for me to describe everything that this movie encompasses because it's a movie about making a movie with people using their real names, but it's complete fiction. It's incredible. Right. Uh, here, here are the facts. 
On July 20th, 1969, the course of human history fundamentally changed when Neil Armstrong became the first man to set foot upon the moon. And then Buzz Aldrin did it a couple minutes afterwards. Right. And once, once these people went there that one time, uh, on the Apollo 11 mission, then the official story is that there were five more missions. So a total of six Apollo missions with two astronauts making contact on the surface each time for a total of 12 people on the moon. And then we stopped going to the moon, right? Yeah. Then we stopped going to the moon. So I want to ask you guys, Operation Avalanche is about how a moon landing could have been hoaxed. So yes. I, I want to ask you guys, and we want to ask you, audience members, to let us know, what what do you guys think? Do you guys think somebody faked the moon landing? I hope it was Stanley Kubrick. According to the latest polls that I could find on this, roughly 7% of the American voting public believes that the moon landing was hoaxed. However, that belief in a hoax moon landing is pretty popular in other countries mm-hmm. as well. So it's it's more common there. Well, we're going to just hop into our interview with Matt right now and then uh we'll come back at the end and see if our see if uh, anybody's had their opinion swayed. What do you think? Yeah, I I love that idea. Uh quick note, Noel, you were not with us for this interview. It's true. But you're here with us now through the magic of time travel uh, audio, time traveling audio. We have an actual time machine here in the House Stuff Works offices that we only use in cases of emergencies like this because it operates on blood and blood magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta put the magic after. <laughs> and quick caveat at the top here: there are spoilers inside of this interview, so listen with caution and go see the movie. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Matt Johnson, the director, co-writer, and star of Operation Avalanche. So, Matt, we have to know, man, what led you guys, specifically uh, you and your co-writer, down this moon landing rabbit hole? Well, uh, when we first started, the plan was just to make another fake documentary about some great historical moment. Um because we had such success with our first film, The 30s, and we really, 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 really liked that formal approach of sort of the authorial fake documentary by neophyte filmmakers. Like, that that was just so interesting. Um, and as we started looking at different moments in history to kind of do this about, it just became so obvious so quickly that the moon landing, if it was faked, is like the most incredible movie ever made. And so if you're trying to make a story about people making movies, then why not have them make the greatest movie ever seen that nobody actually knows is a movie? Um, and it's, it was it, it, almost as soon as it was mentioned, oh, let's do the fake moon landing. Like that was it. Then we were good. Like we just knew. And, and oddly enough, just that idea was so powerful that it, it gave us energy to just keep going and going and going and going. When when we thought, okay, this is this is ridiculous. Oh man, we can uh, we can certainly relate with that drive that you get when there's some kind of mystery like that out there that it just kind of hangs there in front of you like a carrot. We we definitely understand that in our line of work. Yeah, and it's so it's so clever for it to uh, for it to take that 
uh, documentary format uh, about the, you know, when you say it this way, Matt, it's it really is the greatest movie ever made if the moon landings are faked. And it's strange in the course of our research, uh, it's strange how this story has captivated people for nearly half a century now. And, and, and we have to ask just to get get this uh, elephant or lunar rover in the room out of the way real quick. Uh, why do you think uh, some, pe- <laughs> some people believe that the Apollo 11 moon landing was faked? I can tell you, um, I, I think one of the major reasons that that conspiracy endures the way that many others are a bit more laughable and are not nearly as popular is because of its innocence and the fact that there really are Although there were some stakes to the Apollo mission, and it was very important at a certain time, nowadays, it almost doesn't matter if they did go to the moon or they didn't. Geopolitically, like there's no, it's not like saying I believe that 9-11 was an inside job or saying and committing to the fact that JFK was, an, was assassinated. Like those have real consequences if they're true or they're not true. Whereas the moon landing being fake is just so goofy. And it's just so, it's almost... I mean, as you see in our film, like, it's just a great story if if that's true. Like, if they didn't go to the moon and they faked it, then that's a really amazing story. And it's not the, – the social cost for saying you believe it is not quite as high as saying, you know, you think George Bush had something to do with the 9-11 attacks. Like, you just, you just don't pay the same price for believing it, and it's more fun to believe. Um, now, me personally, I do not think the moon landing was faked at all. Nobody in our, on my team does, not even a little bit. Um, uh, but that's actually one of the reasons why we wanted to make the movie was because we thought, how wicked would it be if we can make a movie that is convincing enough to make people think the moon landing was fake, even though that's not what we believe. Like that was just such an amazing, like trick and an amazing challenge for us. Um, um, but I guess those two ideas are not really that related, but as I said, that's why I think it endures and why people believe it. Also, it comes from a very American sort of cowboy notion of I know better than my government, oh. uh, which is something that's <laughs> very, very popular right now. Absolutely. The government is lying to me that everything I'm being told is fake. I, I think I think that also plays into it big time. I think you're going to see more people in this coming election cycle talking about this type of mass government lying, mass government conspiracies than you ever have, ever. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think that's a, I think that is a, uh, fair and accurate prediction. Uh, one thing that we discussed that we really enjoyed about the film when we were watching it is the, the biggest question for any, um, Anybody applying critical thinking to that kind of conspiracy theory is how could thousands and thousands of people keep a secret like this if it did happen for so long? And uh, we Matt Frederick here, maybe you can uh, talk a little bit about this uh, from our discussions and uh, what we thought was so clever about how the film handles this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is the point that we've grappled with when discussing this conspiracy in particular. And, dude, when you give your CIA uh, presentation and you're explaining how you're going to make the whole thing happen and there's only a handful of people that are going to have to be involved, including the astronauts, I was just going, oh, wow, I've never had someone pose it in that way. Um, that you wouldn't have to have mission control involved. Like, <laughs> you only have to convince the astronauts to, to read the script. 
that was our biggest challenge was trying to figure out how to make that part of the conspiracy believable because nowhere where we looked online, even with people who are really into this conspiracy had an effective answer for that. Um, and so coming up with that and figuring out how like a, like a junior guy in the CIA would be able to pull something like, like that off was one of our big achievements. Like we were really, really happy with that. And I mean, although it seems insane, it does have a lot of credibility to it. Um, as I said, like we, we spent a lot of time at NASA and it was important to us that what Matt says, the CIA is actually true. So speaking of NASA, let's talk about the Johnson Space Center. Uh, it, it looks like you're filming inside that facility and it looks like you're interviewing people. Is that, was that really happening or is that on set? No, no, that's all real. We, we, I mean, I was a grad student in Toronto at the time. And we, we contacted NASA and said that we were making a documentary for school about the 1960s. And we went down from Canada and spent about a week there. And we shot most of the movie that you see at NASA in actual, I mean, we, 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 we digitally turned it into the manned space, uh, space center, which it was at that time. But uh, we shot the whole thing in Galveston, all, all that stuff. And those are real NASA staff. They really have the jobs that they say that they have. Like that's all completely real. That's insane. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's fascinating, and that also, I this isn't even a question, but more of a lead-in. I I want to commend you on the pitch perfect visual tone. It it is it it is exactly of the time, which I thought I thought was fascinating. In some earlier interviews, you had talked a little bit about the process of that filming, but while we're on the subject of film itself, uh, we have to ask. Why do you think Stanley Kubrick is so important to the context of this conspiracy? I think there's two really big reasons why Stanley Kubrick is such a big deal when it comes to conspiracies in general, but also the moon landing conspiracy. The first one is he was insanely reclusive. He was uh, uh, people already knew him as a secret keeper, as an unbelievably secretive guy. He famously burned his 2001 sets once they finished shooting because he didn't want people to have access to them. Like he did, he had behavior. That did make sense from a certain point of view, but could be twisted in such a way where you could go, okay, this guy's operating at a different level than the way people are uh, imagining that he does. And two, the auteur reputation that he had um, of pouring so much work into the things that he did, I think allowed people to, again, think that he could do the impossible. Uh, like when new Stanley Kubrick movies were coming out at that time, they were always pushing the boundaries technically of what could be done um, in a way that no other filmmakers were nearly as famous for doing. So it just I think those two elements came together very well to make him a central figure in the, in the moon landing conspiracy. I mean, and it didn't hurt that he was making 2001 at the exact same time. Yeah, and then he uh, burned the set. I mean, come on, coincidence? <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. Well, okay, so just let's continue on the, the, the Kubrick line here. Let's talk about Room 237 and The Shining. We watched Room 237 at uh, TIFF. I think it was out in 2011. I'm not, I'm not sure when we saw it, but, uh, but we went back to that uh, a couple of times when we were writing this movie. Um, just because it wasn't the first time I'd heard that theory, but it was definitely the most eloquent combination of elements um, that I'd ever seen. I, I love that film. Awesome. Did you also watch Capricorn One? Yeah, Josh Bowles and I had seen Capricorn One 
well before that. Oh, um, awesome, awesome. Mostly because it's such a funny movie. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but yeah, yeah, we, we, we also watch it. In fact, there's a lot of dialogue um, in Operation Avalanche that is just straight up lifted from Capricorn 1, if you look closely. Like, we, we tried to do a lot of um, uh, writing references to that movie. Yeah, I was going to call them homages. They're, some of the visual shots, too, of uh, watching the the moon landing on the televisions outside on the street. I mean, there's, it's beautiful, man. It, it I was seeing pictures of it as I'm watching your film. I'm just going, oh, this is great, man. Now, that takes us to a, another question here. So the the movie was shot in 2014, but somehow uh, you managed to interview uh, James E. Webb, who died, uh, as the research indicates, in 1992, and get an autograph from Stanley Kubrick, who died in 1999. How, how did the film achieve this? You know, it's funny. The first person who's asked me about that James Webb stuff, and, uh, and yeah, that was something we were really proud about, it. but everybody just focuses on the Kubrick. I mean, obviously, those are done with digital effects, but um, the complexity with which we had to treat them, because you're talking about extremely old celluloid that were then putting digital effects on and trying to combine the two together made it almost impossible. The, 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 the genius who did it is a guy named Tristan Zarafa, who is our VFX supervisor and who made, um, who made both those sequences happen mostly from photographs, but, uh, the James Webb stuff. And when he retires as well, um, it, uh, it, it, it was, it was news, news footage that we got and then did a ton of manipulation to, to get me interacting with those people. The Stanley Kubrick, piece it was like six months of work and in fact there's a whole article in in this month's movie maker magazine about exactly how we did it but um but that was the most challenging thing on the film by far from a technical point of view i mean that was because again kubrick was was a recluse and he didn't let people film him especially during making 2001 so we had no footage to do that forrest gump trick on so we had to make it out of photographs, and that was, I mean, Tristan, like, killed himself doing that. But, I'm, but I mean, we're all unbelievably proud. I mean, Stanley Kubrick literally is alive and walking and talking in, in our movie. Uh, just so you know, and just for a little context, Ben and I also make a video show where we edit archival footage a lot, and when when those scenes come up, it just hit us really hard, uh, seeing the amount of work that was going on screen. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. 
Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's just, let's keep on the technological advances in film production, video production. Um, do, Do you ever worry that if you guys can achieve this kind of stuff, uh, do you worry that maybe the CIA or NASA could be working on something similar to Operation Zipper right now? Well, I mean, as I said originally with why I think this uh, this conspiracy has endured, um, I actually don't think there's enough of a reason for NASA to be lying to the public at any level. Um, and and I can tell you the reason why. And, and actually, I, I learned this while I was at NASA. And I'm not sure, like, um, what your take is on things like, you know, NASA hiding aliens or NASA hiding technology or any of these types of things. But this explains things in a really interesting way to me that made me go, oh, okay, there's no way NASA is hiding things. And it's this. It's that NASA is unbelievably underfunded. They are, they're, they're literally closing departments, like, every year. Year over year, they're losing money. Um, and, and they're losing jobs and it's because they have a lot of trouble asking the government who 100% funds them for more money. And in the nineties, I, I don't remember it, but there was some kind of an alien scare or like, you know, in the news, people were saying, Oh wait, there's some evidence that maybe there's some aliens and NASA wanted to investigate it. 
And the government gave them something like a hundred million dollars. Like they gave them so much money just to check out this like fraudulent news story or like just this idea that maybe there was alien life. And so the notion that NASA would be intentionally hiding things that they discover is so, is so suicidal. Like they would never ever do that because if, if they found anything, any evidence of anything at all, they would be the first people to go to the New York Times and say, look what we found just because they need money and they'd be so happy to get funding because they discovered something good. Um, but as to your question about like video technology and maybe the CIA using it to like, you know, fake, you know, wars and like the kind of like wag the dog stuff. Um, uh, sure. It seems like these days governments don't need video evidence to, to create, you know, environments with which to go to war. I mean, there was no, you know, smoking gun, like, 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 it's like the weapons of mass destruction during the Iraq war. It's like, I, I don't think that the CIA need, the CIA needs to manufacture video evidence in the way that, uh, you would have to if you're trying to take the moon landing. I think they have a lot simpler, more rudimentary ways to fool people into doing stupid stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that one, Matt, because the, I think one of the troubling things that constructs the, I guess the, the primordial soup from which some of these kind of conspiracies birth is an environment of, uh, rampant, distrust and in in many ways uh, a well-earned distrust of uh, some government agencies but the CIA and NASA are very 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 different entities as uh, most of our listeners know um, hugely yeah yeah and uh one thing that one thing that got us uh, uh our audience and uh Matt uh Matt and our co-host Noel and myself uh, all of us are fascinated by learning about the various clandestine or underground operations uh, by the CIA and other intelligence agencies. And there are numerous CIA operations referenced in the film, but Operation Avalanche is not one of yeah. them. So what's the significance of the title there? Uh, well, you know, it's, that bleeds into a, a whole other project that that I'm making right now, which is a television series. And I mean, for me to explain this, you I mean you're going to think I'm insane? But we we titled the movie Operation Avalanche one because I mean it was basically Matt naming his own mission and thinking that that's a cool name. But uh-huh. more importantly, that plays into a television series that I'm making right now for Vice. Oh yeah, that's uh, if if I'm correct, is that Nirvana, the band in the show, the band, the show? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. And in and in one of the episodes of Nirvana, the band, the show, which is just a comedy series. Um, my, me and my best friend sneak a movie into Sundance called Operation Avalanche. And it was just very important that the movie be called Operation Avalanche. And again, I know that sounds insane, but, uh, but that, oh, that's man. specifically the reason that it was named exactly, exactly that. We're excited to see it and to check it out because we're huge comedy fans as well. Uh, so. We've explored some of the, we've explored some of the genesis or the origin story for what became Operation Avalanche and we just found out a, a really cool, uh, meta cognitive twist on it. Um, we, we also in the course of looking into the ideas of moon landings being faked, uh, 
we also ran into a question that a lot of people have asked. And for me personally, it's up there with the same question, like in order of importance, it's up that it's as important as the question about how thousands of people could keep a secret and Operation Avalanche answers that so with such grace and elegance. My next question would be something that a lot of our listeners have asked us, which is the following. If it, if people did indeed land on the moon, then why did they stop going? Why were there only the six missions with two astronauts on the surface each time? Well, I mean, that ties into exactly what I was talking about before when it comes to NASA and their funding. And that's that they were only getting money because there was such a national interest in going on that mission. There was a, like the, all of America was tuned in to see America beat the Russian space program. That's what everybody wanted. But then once it was done, like nobody cared about the scientific ramifications of that mission. To them, it was just a race. And as soon as we've won, I shouldn't say we because I'm Canadian, but as soon as NASA (laughs) had won, then all of a sudden the public interest vanished. And in fact, I mean, this is a famous story, which I'm sure you've heard before, but like uh, Apollo 12 people were calling into their television providers to complain that the live broadcast of Apollo 12 was interrupting I Love Lucy reruns. (laughs) Wow. So, like, people were so disinterested after they had landed once that just the government saw absolutely no reason. Like, why would you be funding this multi-billion dollar program when, when the public is, I mean, it's not getting you elected, it's not getting votes, it's not drawing eyeballs. People just didn't care. Um, and that's why all of a sudden the missions were, were, were ceased because, one, I mean, if you talk to NASA scientists, they have a very different opinion. In fact, one of the cool things that I learned when I was at Galveston is that because they only did those six missions, they actually didn't learn nearly as much as they wanted to because, as one of them told me, the moon is actually very variegated. It's an extremely variegated surface. So they landed in one specific spot, but it's not uniform at all. They wanted to go all around the moon and find all, like there's tons of stuff up there that they just don't know what it is, um, but they had to stop. Now, what the scientific applications of having a perfect geo map of the moon would be, I don't know, um, but, but they had to stop because public interest died. It had nothing to do with, you know, like some conspiracy or like, oh yeah, we can't keep this lie up anymore. No way. It was it was completely because the public had zero interest. And I'm telling you, you're going to see this again um, in the next, I mean, 20 years as we start to look at Mars and other planets. As soon as the national interest tilts towards uh, what's that terraforming other planets or or or, or, or uh, interplanetary travel, you will see a resurgence of funding and these missions. And it's it's always about public eyeballs. What what does the voter want to have happen? It's very rarely led by science. Well, you know, now we're seeing private interest in going back to the moon uh, because of the, of the helium-3 content on the moon and trying to be able to mine that and other minerals. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to see how that kind of changes in the next 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's quite possible that the future of uh, the future of our galactic exploration will be driven by commercial interests similar to the way that, you know, the Dutch East India Company partnered up with its government at the time to create a super powerful corporate interest. And 
Is it going to be good? Is it going yeah. to be evil? Will it be United Fruit? Right. Will we will we be alive to find out? How quick will the timeline go? I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm I'm uh at this point I'm just expounding on this cuz I I believe wholeheartedly that um the compelling interest for space exploration for any sustained exploration is going to have to be commercial at this point. Yeah, we've lost we've lost that love, man, for exploration mm-hmm. as a public. So uh, jumping back into operations that occur within this film, there there are two points in the movie where Operation Northwoods is mentioned, and a lot of people who who en- who end up watching your movie may miss some of the context with this or some of the meta stuff you're playing with there. Um, but explain to us. Uh, what the context of Operation Northwoods is in the film. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jean, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. 
It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, sure. Uh, Northwoods is a, is a CIA uh, uh, mission that went on, uh, I think, from 59 uh, forwards. Um, and it was just recently declassified, I think within the last five years, maybe the last seven years it was declassified. Um, and it was just another one of those crazy, like you cannot believe it's happening, CIA missions from the 1960s, which was specifically that they were going to fake, they didn't call them terrorist attacks, but they were going to fake terrorist attacks as though they were done by the Cubans. And they were going to use this to drum up support for an invasion of Cuba. And Northwoods was a huge blanket operation that, um, and I mean, I'm not like a scholar on this stuff. This is basically just what I learned from the research for this movie I was making. But uh, within Operation Northwoods were a whole bunch of other minor operations. And one of the ones that we referenced in our movie uh, was either Operation Dirty Trick or maybe Operation Dropkick. I don't know which one it was, but it was crazy. And it, the idea was with, mis- with missiles based out of Cuba, they were going to shoot down John Glenn's rocket if something technically went wrong. So if, I mean, God knows how, how serious they were, but I mean, it's all in the mission. So mm-hmm. if that first, you know, circle, first man in space rocket from NASA went up and had any kind of technical malfunction, the CIA was going to intentionally shoot it down with missiles coming out of Russia, sorry, out of Cuba and blame it on the Soviets, which is just like insane, but, uh, but really sets the stage well for a, um, for why they would want to fake the moon landing. It, it helps our movie quite a bit. Okay. Now I don't, oh man, I feel like we're giving away spoilers like crazy for this, mm-hmm. but um, we'll, we'll, we'll tell people about the spoilers yeah, in the beginning. Basically see the movie, then listen to this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but okay, there's a an action that you that you your character Matt Johnson, the guy, the agent, uh, takes after cutting together all of the documentary footage that you guys have shot uh, throughout the course of the movie, both of them, um, where you bury a reel, and I think if I'm remembering correctly, there are a couple different reels that you bury, but one of them, uh, one of them is the movie itself, and. It just makes me think, do you, <laughs> do you think somewhere out there there's a reel of film buried that has, I don't know, another shot from the grassy knoll or <laughs> maybe the actual moon landing set? <laughs> I mean, I would love to think that. I mean, I think the fact is that type of self-reflexive making documentaries about yourself and filming what you're doing was not in the zeitgeist during that time in such a way where somebody would think, oh, this is important. I don't think people, like, let's say that there's a conspiracy to kill JFK and the people who were involved in that 
thought it was important enough that they would document it. I, that just seems like such a stretch. Um, that they might incriminate. Uh, so I wish themselves. there was. That'd be amazing. I mean, there's yeah, there's such a such an awesome like cachet to. Oh, I just found this. I think there's a there's a movie. What's the movie with Nicolas Cage where oh. he finds the photographs at the very end? Yeah, it's either the, the action movie, but it's the, the Rock or like, Con hey, Air. No, it must be The Rock. It must be The Rock yeah. because he's dealing with that MI6 agent. Yeah. Um, so like that that that's so pulpy and so exciting that uh, I hope it's true. But it, uh, I think uh, Occam's Razor says uh, there's 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 no way. It'd be it'd be too crazy. It would be it would be too crazy uh, to essentially incriminate oneself in that regard, right? Unless you had a very good reason, which which Matt has in in, in Operation Avalanche, like he's doing it basically as a safety net. It's almost an insurance policy. I, I, I can't imagine somebody doing that from the inside without really, really, really having a reason to do it. Um. Also, I mean, I can tell you from experience that burying film canisters like that that celluloid would not last like not a good idea it'd be, it would be completely stripped it'd be it would be stripped because in, in order to damage a lot of the, the the frames of operation avalanche like our movie we did bury them and we wouldn't leave things buried for more than 16 hours before before the acetone was completely eroded so oh wow we're getting uh we're getting some inside yeah. looks uh, in here. Uh we do want our listeners to know that you can check this movie out for yourself today, the day this podcast comes out. That's right. Operation Avalanche is in a theater near you uh starting September 16th, 2016. Uh and Matt, we want to thank you so much for your time today and this is uh this is an astonishing look at a I guess it's almost a um it's a terrifyingly possible explanation for a moon landing hoax that is ultimately seemingly impossible. It's just you guys were way too successful with convincing me at least personally yeah yeah, and uh we think we we uh we want to commend you on a job well done, and we hope that Everybody checks out this film. Uh, before we, before we end, uh, today's episode, uh, we wanted to give the last word to you. Is there, is there anything that you would like to add about Operation Avalanche or say directly to people, uh, who are also fascinated by the idea that the moon landing was faked? Yeah. And I, I think what, what I'd like to say is that I don't believe the moon landing was faked, but it's very clear that like an environment of lies existed in the United States during the 1960s, which they used to manipulate the public at large. And just because the moon landing like wasn't faked by the CIA doesn't mean that there weren't dozens and dozens and dozens of instances in which institutions like the CIA heavily manipulated the truth to change the, the the policies of the United States to with their citizens. So, um, so I mean, uh, hopefully people are getting that from this movie without necessarily needing to believe in the conspiracy. Um, but, uh, but we're, we're happy with it either way. Uh, at some level, it's just sort of a cool story. Matt, thank you again so much. And listeners do check out, uh, do check out the upcoming Operation Avalanche at a theater near you September 16th. 
the day this comes out. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out, then uh, hopefully you're already on your way to the theater. Yeah, driving there now. So pretty interesting stuff. What do you think? I loved that interview. I could talk to Matt Johnson for a long time because he was very open about not believing himself personally in the moon landing conspiracy, but he was also able to construct a film that convinced me of something that I've never been convinced of, which is that you wouldn't need, you know, thousands and thousands of people in on the conspiracy. You would just need a select few. Well, it's also something that we try to do where we try to look at both sides of an issue and be respectful to those that, you know, might believe differently than we ourselves do from time to time. Certainly. Absolutely. So also I I still don't think we have maybe the the best answer to why the moon landings or moon lunar missions stopped. Uh the idea that it would be a funding issue seems pretty compelling and I enjoyed uh Matt Johnson's uh prediction that the same thing will occur with manned Mars missions. Yeah, as soon as the zeitgeist kind of leaves and moves on to something else, mm-hmm. then it'll be difficult to get taxpayers to say, yeah, let's give a good portion of our taxes to this. Mm-hmm. And we want to know uh, what you think, listeners, given some of the stuff we outlined here. Uh, do you believe, to paraphrase R.E.M., do you believe they put a man on the moon? Or do you believe that this is all some elaborate wag-the-dog hoax? And if so... Why? We've all checked out room 237 in this room, Nola, Matt, and I, and we've all delved into the Stanley Kubrick side, the theory Mm. of it. So we would like to hear from you. And if you think that the moon landing did occur, but occurred perhaps under different circumstances, maybe some other group got there first or maybe moon landings continued in secret, we'd love to hear more details about those theories. Kubrick burned his set. I mean, come on, guys. He burned his set. I know it's like, hey, you can't, nobody else will be able to use this stuff. It will only live in the celluloid now, my film, these sets. But still, I don't know, guys. And you can also check out some of our earlier uh, video episodes on lunar conspiracies, uh, as well as a video we'll have coming out uh, that addresses the, the one-on-one, the introduction to the belief that the moon landing was hoaxed. Yeah, it really focuses on the Apollo 11 mission itself. And guys, you know where you can find us if you want to go dig deep, dive down that rabbit hole into our back catalog. You can find every podcast we've ever recorded at StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com. Or if you are more into, uh, you know, using a Spotify or a Stitcher or an iTunes, maybe go do that. But do us a solid. If there's a way, leave us some kind words. It helps people discover the show and helps the algorithm uh, push us out to more potential listeners and also, you know, makes us a little less likely to get fired. Absolutely. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook where we conspiracy stuff. You can check out our Instagram where we are conspiracy stuff show. And if you don't want to do any of that stuff and you just want to write some words down and then send them our way, write an email to conspiracy at howstuffworks.com. And we don't say this often, but we do have a physical address. And if you would like to send us snail mail, shoot us an email uh, for that address.
I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.